Hi, my name is Allison Truge, and I was resetting my Skype password for no, the again, tenth time. Again. <laughs> You're joking. I forgot to put my new password into one password and I forgot where uh, it was. Okay, well, let's do this right now. You've made a new password, have you not? I did it. I put it in one password. Oh, thank God. Good, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Your, your digital security is paramount, Allison Truge. See, the thing is, like, the, the, this is why it, it almost hurts my soul more is because you are right there. You, you know, you use one password, you have it. I, you know, I, it's almost with family members, the struggle is too much to try and convince them to even, like, begin to look at a password manager. <laughs> Frankly, that includes my partner, too. Like, Shane, I convinced him to download one password, but he doesn't use it. He just uses the same password varied across different stuff. And I'm like, Shane, you can't do that. Honestly, like, I, I did it as a romantic gesture to Brian. Aww. I remember that. I remember I was trying to get you to download one password for months. And then you finally did it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you finally... I, I guess it was just a romantic gesture then. <laughs> to be honest, that's <laughs> probably the only reason that Shane got it. Or maybe it wasn't even romantic. It was probably just like, I need him to stop talking about one password. <laughs> so. I'd also like to emphasize this episode is not sponsored by Agile, but it's again, even though we're talking about them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tweeting out a picture of my setup right now because it, I'm so proud. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Right now, I'm standing at my bookcase because Brian is in my office, so... <laughs> We're in the same apartment, but different rooms. Same apartment, different rooms. Gonna make a podcast, and it's gonna be good. <laughs> that was <laughs> yes. not that. That's I don't. I not very good at rhyming on the fly. No, that was great. And in the role of Elliot Kalin is Micah Sargent. <laughs> And you want to ask him? Oh my god, I do! Hey, 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 Micah Sargent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's up? Uh, what'd you have for breakfast today? <laughs> so I actually thought about this before I came on the show because I knew it was going to be asked. <laughs> and I was like, I need to remember what I had. Uh, this morning, I had a bowl of delicious, uh, oh goodness, now I can't even think of the name of the cereal. Um, wow, why can't I think of it? Oh yeah, I had a delicious bowl of honey bunches of oats and a granola bar from Kashi. And that that just about wraps it up. Oh, as well as a cup of coffee, of course. You gotta have gotta have coffee in the morning, right? Yeah. Micah, I got so much crap from everyone at XOXO for loving, loving, loving honey bunches of oats. Thank you for being on my side. Why why would anyone give you crap about honey bunches of oats? Honey bunches of oats is a solid choice. I agree. People called it grandpa cereal. They called it grandpa cereal? Grandpa cereal. No. Grandpa <laughs> cereal is like grape nuts or Yes, I was just about to say grape nuts. We have so this is funny. Um we were at the store and we were looking for some different cereal to buy. And I really like bran flakes. I think bran flakes are delicious. I just like love bran flakes. flakes. Right? They're so, so good. good. So, so good. good. So we were in the bran area, and Shane <laughs> picks up, my partner picks up a box of grape nuts, and he's like, oh, yeah, I really like these. I'm going to get these. And I'm like looking at him going, no, I'm giving him some major side eye. Like, I have no no belief at all that you actually like grape nuts. But he was just convinced that he knew what they were and that they were delicious and uh, they were great, and he was going to buy them. So we get them home, and the next morning, he opens up the box of grape nuts, and he's like, what the heck are these? And he tries it. And I'm like, I told you you didn't know what grape nuts were, and you wouldn't like it. It is, it is 
rat bedding is what it like i, I used to have, i used to have pet yeah, rats no, it's texturally it's it's like the texture of despair yeah good perfect <laughs> it is the texture of despair what are grape nuts like what is grape about it, them? this is how they're made so it's it's a really scientific process where they grow grapes and then they you know like how all grapes have like pits in them actually and like right, right. you need to buy like seedless grapes so at the grape nuts factory they um, eviscerate a lot of grapes and they take all of the little pits and then that's what grape nuts are. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what do they do with the rest of the grapes? Um, Those go into grape juice, of course. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a chain operation. <laughs> Masticating juicers or nuts? Oh, nice. Throwback. So grape nuts, it's like little bits of bran. Uh, it's just absolutely i so okay i was i mentioned rats earlier and i want to explain that in case anyone's out there going what the heck are you talking about um what are rats what are what what are rats <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> um so you can buy different types of bedding for rodents right and most people will go for like the the shaved wood stuff um but the problem with the shaved wood is that most of the time, especially like cedar and pine, those ones are too aromatic for tiny animals, especially rats. And so I would never buy those. Instead, I would buy what's called corncob bedding, which is where they take corncobs and they uh, put them and crunch them up into little bitty bits. And they look like uh, basically a grape nut, but just maybe two times bigger. So this cereal reminds me of grape nuts, but grape nuts are wheat and barley and they're just tiny little bits of wheat and barley but they're so hard they're hard as a rock i i'm really glad that you cleared that up about the bedding because actually um in in the corner of my cage is just like pure sandalwood oh interesting just like shredded up pure pure sandalwood it's it's very comfortable for um my little rodent legs oh what what kind of rodent do you have oh no i am the rodent micah <laughs> oh <laughs> We we haven't indoctrinated enough people into the absurdist world of most important meal yet, where Allison is both an octopus and a rodent. I may be drinking a beer right now. It's just downhill from here. <laughs> it's it's all going downhill. Well, um, I have I have I have plenty of questions for you. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> the reason that I came on this show um, is not least because I'm always bugging you two about this podcast because I absolutely adore it. Oh, but also because. <laughs> I also have lots of questions all the time as I'm listening. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, wait, what? And then sometimes one of you will follow up with the other person on it. And then sometimes, because you know each other as well as you do, uh, you will let it slide. And I'm like, no, we have to go back to that. We need to find out more about what's going on there. The people need to know, and I'm glad to tell them. Good, good. You know, I mean, this is going to take a lot of um, a lot of pride from both of you. You need to be proud of your choices and stand up for what you believe in and what's right. Because you know, sometimes um, sometimes people need to know that uh, it's okay to be different. So, so Micah, you need to know that it's we're actually in post shadow phase in the Mercury retrograde cycle. So, I'm not sure that pr that pride is a thing that I'll be able to muster up, but I'll do my best. Maybe the beer will help. <laughs> Maybe. One can only hope. <laughs> All right, Micah, you're here to grill us. You're here to grill us like a good piece of bread. Uh, why don't you start? All right. My first question for you is, have you ever been in love, Brian? <laughs> 
Yeah, I have a question. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> Brian has only ever been in love with you, Mike. Oh, how sweet. I'm in love with both of you. I have told Allison Truge that many times. Oh, I I loved that episode. So one of, and this is this is a little off topic, but it's about the show, so totally not off topic. Um, some of my favorite <laughs> moments of this show is when the two of you will go off topic, but it's just this very good back and forth dynamism that works so well. And you'll take a joke and you'll just keep vamping and vamping and vamping. And I don't know, those are my those are my favorite moments of the show. And sometimes like the Have You Ever Been in Love segment, I will listen to them multiple times and laugh harder each time oh, because they, they really do. Uh, I just I yeah, it's, they're, they're good, 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 good stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you've been in love, be it with a sandwich, or, or with a human being. <laughs> My favorite compliment we've ever gotten about the show is when you said you uh, pause the show when you grind coffee. <laughs> that just melted my heart it made me so happy that is the highest honor <laughs> only coffee people will understand it is a big deal oh man we have to say micah both of us love your podcasts which we should probably talk about now micah is not just a rando off the street <laughs> micah is a podcasting professional i I'm, I'm a little bit of a rando off the street depending on who you ask not necessarily i mean you're a freaking permanent co-host of clockwise that is just pinnacle for me of podcasting clockwise is one of my all-time favorites and i'm so excited i get to hear you more than the many times you've ever guested on the show because uh, those are always my favorite episodes you always have a lot of really great stuff to say and it makes me really happy i get to hear you every week Aww, we were also thanks. on a podcast with micah about stranger things which is gearing up for i'm just i'm so excited for the second oh, season me too and i'm excited to uh have some follow-ups yes we must we must copyright 2011 john syracusa <laughs> Somebody has to say it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm reaching. I'm reaching podcast saturation. I think. Um, but yeah, I, I recently joined Clockwise. I'm really excited about that. I do disruption on Relay FM, which covers some really tough topics on the regular. Uh, in fact, most of the time we end up discussing some, you know, some charged political topics and. It also, it's, it's a it's a call in and write in show, and people come bearing you know problems and questions that they might have, and we do our best to help them with that. And one of my co hosts is a psychoanalyst from Canada, and her name is Georgia Dow, the sunlight uh, beam of goodness uh, in the world. But that's you, Micah. <laughs> no, trust me, it's Georgia Dow. Uh, so yeah, I. I I really do enjoy, um, you know, doing doing lots of podcasts, but also I'm conscious of the fact that I'm slowly reaching the point where uh, I have to say, no, I don't need to be on any more podcasts, not only because it means more weekly commitments, but it also means that my voice ends up being in too many people's ears regularly. That's absolutely impossible. We are so glad that you're a guest spot here. Because I think the people need to know some answers to some questions, Micah. They do. They Micah, do. More Micah is not a bad thing. That's that's very kind of you. I don't think everyone agrees, and that's okay. But my next question for you is, does does breakfast have a gender? No, it doesn't. Uh, breakfast no, has does no not. gender. <laughs> breakfast has no gender. <sighs> yes, another great episode. Um, 
I I think you you cut in some clips of the show during that that were just so cringy, so cringy. Uh, some of the things that he was saying, and I'll be honest with you, and this is this is a little controversial of me. I don't like him. <laughs> you don't like Alton Brown. I feel that. No, I was just about to ask. Like, how do you feel about Alton Brown? Because for me, I. I love Alton Brown to the point where I really want to excuse him for some of the crappy things he said on the show and done on the show, but it's really, really hard to do that. And after hearing him gender breakfast so hard and call it man food when, uh, hey, Allison Trude, are you a man? Um, Last I checked, no, but you know. Yeah, so no. <laughs> no gendering breakfast. Let me be super clear. It wasn't because of this uh, episode that I I already, I already had those, I'd already made those feelings about him, or, you know, had already developed those feelings, uh, or lack thereof about Alton Brown before I even had heard of this show, or this episode specifically. So I, of course, knew about the show. I just, there's something about him that there, there's, there's just this, right under the surface, this hint of arrogance, I mm-hmm. think it might be. I don't even know. Oh, for I'm sure. Not- I mean, there's also, like, most of his show is, like, him culturally appropriating, like, every single culture ever, and also, like, very thinly veiled fat phobia, if failed at all. Like, yeah. I mean, there, there's reasons to not like him. Yeah, and, and you know, the show, I'm sure it had lots of good tips, but it was, when I watched, you know, Food Network shows, that was one that I would always skip. It was, the show itself was not interesting to me and yeah his just his delivery and his style were never something that i enjoyed and in fact rubbed me the wrong way usually so i've never really cared for mr brown and you know it it seems to be a bit of a controversial thing to say because a lot of the the people that we know and a lot of people in this little podcasty section of the internet do seem to like mr brown so uh it's fascinating i think it's it's because we we're in this like kind of intersection of people that work in tech or like have worked in tech and so i think alton brown like really appeals to that sort of sensibility which is one of the reasons that i always liked watching him as a kid but it's one of those things where like i really loved the movie the breakfast club when i was 16 and now it's like ah this is almost unwatchable (laughs) or like maybe not the breakfast club as much as like uh 16 candles like lots of john hughes movies Mm -hmm. where it's like oh there's a lot of things here that i'd like really miss the first time (laughs) oops Yeah, yeah. I do have Alton Brown to thank for my interest in food at all. Uh, I was dating you, Truge, when uh, when Good Eats uh, was first added to Netflix, and I ate it up and loved it, and I made my first like actual real prepped meals, and uh, that's how it got me into cooking. But at the same time, you know, uh, he did a tour with Adam Savage, and oh. looking at the poster of both Alton Brown and Adam Savage together, it felt like Attack of the Clones. Like they are the exact same person. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, one of the moments where I really knew that like. Like, uh, Brian was not just a, just a casual a casual fling was when I went to his apartment and he had prepared a full lamb for us. A full lamb? A full lamb. Okay, it wasn't a full lamb. It was fl- it was lamb shoulder braised in wine based on a Good Eats episode. <gasps> Holy God. Little Baba lamb. Holy goodness, little Baba. <laughs> what can I say? He's a keeper. I hope to God that that has been a pet name at some point. And if it hasn't, you should make it one. My little Baba lamb. <laughs> little Baba lamb. <laughs> no, no. Truge calls me cinnamon, cinnamon bun. Which is adorable. As long as it's not surrounded in bacon. Oh my god, that's a deep cut, Micah. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, Brian just has several swirls of cinnamon, so it's just, it's not even like it's cute, it's just accurate. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so let's let's move on to some less uh, catchphrase questions and on to some, some actual questions that I have for you. So the first one, I would like to hear more about your – I need to be reminded too – about your cereal preparing process. Because if I remember correctly, doesn't one of you advocate for putting in the milk first and then the cereal and one of you advocate the other way around? I think we're both cereal – or I think we're both milk second, aren't we? I'm milk second. I am milk second. Uh, but for subsequent bowls, when uh, so here's the thing for me with cereal. I have many bowls of cereal because I'm a monster and <laughs> just like gobble up all the cereal. I'm a cereal monster. Cinnamon bun monster. <laughs> there was once a Cinnabon cereal. It was really, really weird and not that tasty. Um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is monstrous. There is cannibalism shown to children every time one of those commercials comes on. Those commercials terrify me. They're terrible commercials. My mom thought that that cereal would give me cavities, so she never bought it for me. And guess what? I have many cavities in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that that went a different direction. (laughs) And guess what? She was wrong. She was wrong. There's so many parts of me that are just rotting inside of me. It's fine. <laughs> For subsequent bowls of cereal, I will leave the prior milk in and just add cereal on top. So it's not so much a preference as it is a necessity to conserving milk while still shoveling as much cereal into my face as possible. Okay, okay, I can accept. That. I think the the thing that we differed on was that Brian likes his cereal as crunchy as humanly possible, and I would rather let my cereal sit for an hour and then uh, eat it once it's no. completely. Where, where soggy. do you stand, Micah? That's what that's what it was that freaked me out. There it is. <laughs> Holy God, you eat your cereal soggy AF. I want it to be like as soggy as possible. No, if I could buy God. pre-moistened cereal. No, God, no. <laughs> oh. Sometimes she puts a lid on it and puts it in the fridge and in the morning it'll Stop. scream at her. Stop it. Stop I it. have never done that. Oh, wait, actually, I have for the quick no. oats, but that's not cereal. Oh, no, that's it's a different oatmeal. thing. And I have I have questions about quick oats as well, so we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. But um, so real talk, on two occasions, I have seen my mom vomit at the sight of soggy cereal. There's something about <laughs> soggy cereal that just turns her stomach. And so because of that, like... I think back to the, you know, the pain she was in as she just saw a bowl of like uh, Fruit Loops or Fruity Pebbles that was just sat for an hour or something like that and how sick it makes her for some reason. (laughs) And so now it doesn't make me sick to my stomach, but it does like it just brings up those unpleasant memories of mom being, you know, uh, nauseated and eventually vomiting, at least on two occasions. And so after that, we all knew like keep the really soggy cereal away from mom because if she sees it she will become the exorcist child and vomit everywhere that's incredible Uh, folks look in your uh, podcast app and skip ahead to where we end talking about vomiting because i have things that people may not want to hear uh that is exactly me i totally get where your mom is i cannot look at soggy cereal and like my gag reflex has gotten much much better as life has gone on uh when i was a kid i couldn't look at yogurt without vomiting oh no i love yogurt yogurt's my favorite i'm so lactose intolerant no i'm okay now i'm okay now (laughs) i'm okay now but just uh just be forewarned that if you ever time travel back to 1998 and meet tiny little itty bitty brian there's a like 75 percent chance that whatever you eat would make him vomit i know y'all i just it's i think it's because the soggier the cereal gets the more flavored the milk gets and i love like 
milk that has had cereal sitting in it for a second. Uh, uh, see, it's just, I uh, and I think that's why I love Soylent, because that's what people say that Soylent tastes like. Okay, yeah. Soylent is, to me, it tastes like emulsified Cheerios. And just like plain, plain old Soylent is emulsified Cheerios to me. And I love that taste. It's just like I this too. nice sort of uh, brandy Odie flavor that I really dig. And I've, I've had a few of the flavored ones and I actually just prefer the plain old simple kind. It, I like the taste of that, but, um, I, I, have you ever blended, uh, any other flavoring, uh, agents into Soylent? I have not. Um, I'm not as creative as both of you. <laughs> well, I think I've had to be creative because I ordered the the powder. And then oh. I actually decided I didn't like the powder, but I forgot to change my subscription. So now I have even more powder. So today oh, no. I blended it with some like matcha powder, like green <gasps> tea powder. Oh, that sounds good. That was dope. It was actually so good. And some like honey. It was oh, yeah. very good. That I could do. I could definitely do like a green tea Soylent smoothie. That sounds really good. And I think matcha is the first thing that I've found that really, like, it makes it so that it doesn't taste like Soylent at all, which, like, I don't mind the taste of Soylent, but it's also interesting that, like, matcha is such an overpowering flavor that it, like, doesn't taste like Soylent anymore. Hmm, I'm gonna have to, now that's something I would try. Uh, that's some experimenting I'd be glad to do. So you, you mentioned that you dump out, or no, let me try that again. You mentioned that you like the milk, uh, with a little bit of the flavor from the cereal. I'm one of those monsters who gets rid of my milk after I have used it. So I- You also have a thing with milk, Micah, which is well documented. Yeah, I have many things with milk, <laughs> yes. One of the things is that I am lactose intolerant as well, uh, and- I used to just be constantly nothing else but uh, some sort of uh, what am I trying to say? Some sort of non-dairy product, be it almond milk or soy milk or something else. But I have recently gone and started to buy the lactate milk again, and I use that whenever I'm having cereal or mixing it uh, into my tea whenever I have tea. And I don't like. I still. I just. I have this very fundamental side eye. Fundamental side eye <laughs> is the name of my high school band for sure. Um, I have very fu- fundamental side One, eye two, for three, milk. Four. Because think about this, friends. The only reason that we like milk as a pro, like the, you know, instead of putting, I don't know, water into our cereal, the reason that we put milk into our cereal is because history has taught us that. Like somebody decided to take something that was made to turn baby cows into adult cows, this liquid that turns baby cows into, or rather teenage cows, because that's when they start chewing grass and said, you know what? I'm going to try that myself. I don't want the cow to be the only one that has it. The baby cow is turning into a teenage cow, but I also want to try that. And then over time, we started adding it to our foods and putting it in our desserts and making it in our cereal. And like, I feel betrayed by my ancestors (laughs) that they have taken this formula meant to nourish a small bovine and turn it into, you know, a a grain eating, grass eating bovine. and made it so that I crave that whenever I have certain products. So Yeah, there was some I- weird stuff in history for sure. Someone looked in an udder and they were like, I want to drink whatever comes out right? of that. That's very strange <laughs> when you think about it. That's so strange. It's under the cow. Yeah. I imagine the milk origin story like a dark, gritty Christopher Nolan coming this fall. One farmer is trying to suck the lifeblood out of the cow to become man-cow. And then suddenly a whole dairy industry was made. 
Oh my, can you imagine? Maybe that's what it was. They thought, this is how I get the power from the cow. When I listened to unhelpful suggestions about your disdain for steak, um, <laughs> I didn't want to like vehemently hate steak afterwards. And now you've convinced me to kind of vehemently hate milk. So congratulations, <laughs> you did it. I just, I want to say, like, I can't speak for everybody, but I think the reason I love milk is because um, it brings me joy and I'm dead inside. So like, I, I don't know what to tell you, Micah. Look, I won't judge anyone for their – I'm only judging my ancestors for <laughs> they're, they're the ones who have given me uh, side-eye, constant side-eye, whatever it was I said earlier, fundamental side-eye about milk because I just – it's it just begrudgingly consume it uh, because, you know, history taught me to and that's kind of annoying. Hi, we're fundamental side-eye. We're from Des Moines, Iowa and we're here to f*** your shit up. <laughs> Now, I meant to ask you a question that I don't think has come up in the podcast, but um, I did ask around for a few cues. And one of the questions that came up is circle or square waffles? Ooh. <gasps> um, Who asked that question? It was Yosef Steele, right? No, nope. That was Huster. Oh, oh Andrew. Hmm. I hope his last name isn't pronounced Huster. That would make me sad. because I, I think it's Huster. I'm okay. pretty sure it's Houston. Well, I'm going to say it's Andrew then, because <laughs> at least I know Francis <laughs> first date correctly. Also, if you're listening to this podcast, we also did a crossover episode with Andrew Houston and Ryan Amadon that you should go listen to after you're done with this one. Sweet. Yeah. Link in the show notes, um, right? <laughs> link in the show notes. The ice rink is in the show notes. Just skate on over <laughs> and click on that link. <laughs> you know, I, I have to preface this by saying that, like, I – well, not even pre- – I, I don't think I should have a place in this conversation because if I'm being like a million percent honest with myself, I like I'm not a waffle person. I'm just not. Okay. That no, that's acceptable. Okay. That's yeah. Is it though? I because I feel it I feel deep shame whenever I, I know that about myself. So it's not yeah, no, it's not. That it goes I, against my personal brand to not like waffles. That's true. Your personal aesthetic would would make me think that waffles would be included, judging by the fact that you have a podcast about breakfast. But you know, waffle. <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to get going again. I could probably <laughs> find some reason to hate my ancestors for waffles too. But um, but Micah, did you know you're not allowed to look at your ancestors and uh, acknowledge how they screwed up present situations? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> well. Circle or square waffles, Brian? <laughs> Brian wants the waffles that are toasted, and then he can put a perfect little pad of butter on the middle of. I heard about this. Somebody wouldn't eat them unless they were they looked exactly like they did on the box. What a monster. <laughs> I was a terrible child. I threw up everywhere, and I wouldn't eat any food. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, there's a question coming up for young Brian that I have, so be, be prepared. <sighs> God. Young Brian better show. Um as for circle or square waffles, I um I really think that I'm a circle waffle person if only because of egos which are not very good but prolific and because mm. the one off awful maker. The one waffle maker that was pretty <laughs> awful that I had when I was a kid um made circular waffles. So I really the the, the appeal of waffles is that they've more uh, outside than inside, so more surface area for more like crunchy griddly bits. Mm. Uh griddly and bits. I, I just <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for people that are really about that 
with waffles. Uh, square is the way to go because you get more surface area and more little divots for syrup. But for me, as somebody who values pancakes more than waffles and circular more than square in terms of aesthetic, I really am going to have to go with uh, circular waffles. Thank you, uh, Houston, for that question. Thank you, Micah, for being the messenger. And thank you, Ego, for sponsoring this show. They didn't sponsor the show. <laughs> so let me tell you about waffles and pancakes uh and why i prefer pancakes to waffles and why waffles actually kind of make my skin crawl a little bit um Ooh. i'm ready for this i i i think i there there may be some i need to talk to george dow about this probably like there may be some psychological factor that's involved with this but as a little kid and to this day actually and it's funny because uh i talked to some of my siblings about it as well and they feel the exact same way there is nothing more disgustingly horrible for me that – well, that's probably not true, but I'm, be, I'm being a little hyperbolic here. But I hate, 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 hate the feeling of maple syrup in between my fingers. And for Oh, some, my God, yes. Is that not the worst? And I just think about like how there's – you know, there's like little fuzzies all throughout the air. And over time, if you don't wash your hands in time, then like the, the maple syrup gets kind of like dusty and it's all stuck between your fingers and it's just gross and horrible. My skin is itching with you just saying this right? out It's loud so to bad. Me. And the fork would – okay, so this, I have a theory <laughs> and I literally just developed like why it is that waffles did this more than pancakes. And I think it's because waffles, of course, they crisp up more. They're, they're made so that, you know, the, all those little ridges get nice and toasty and crispy. But when you go to cut them with a fork, it takes a lot more force, which means that sometimes your knuckles might drag onto the plate or you might, you know, turn the fork in a weird way. In in some ways, uh, maple syrup ends up getting transferred to your hands. Whereas with pancakes, they're so light and fluffy and delicious that whenever you cut them, you know, it just cuts so nice and easily that your fingers never get involved with the process. And that's why I think waffles end up resulting in syrup knuckle more than syrup pancakes knuckle. ever did. It's Hi, we're syrup worst. knuckle. We're from Des Moines, Iowa. And we're going to fuck up all your shit. Tonight we are developing so many bands. I have to say, like, I think that this is actually the core of the reason that I do not like waffles. And I didn't like syrup for a really long time. And my mom was like, what is wrong with you? Why are you a person that doesn't like syrup? And I think it was because of that. It's because I didn't yes. like the way it felt on my hands. Ugh. And to explain away that, I so I have some weird texture stuff, like both with my hands and like with the stuff that I eat. Like I hate Jello. I cannot with Jello's texture. Um, and my mom always explained it away because like because I was a uh, – a very rare kind of identical twin. I was a high-risk pregnancy. Um, I was, like, born premature. And so my mm. mom always said, like, oh, you know, you weren't done cooking yet. Like, all your neurons weren't all, like, ready to go and stuff like that. So when you were a kid, you, like, had some weird texture stuff. I feel like that's not true. I'm imagining mm. the gif of uh, Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like, smoking a cigarette and, pardon the ableism, but the crazy wall that he's doing with the uh, the twine and the walls and everything. He's like, oh, this is the conspiracy theory. I've never actually seen the show, but the gif of him... Uh, oh, making the connections, gotcha. Making the connections. Uh, what the hell, you two? Well, syrup is fine. I just wash it off my hands. What are you, what uh, are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> I still feel it after yes, it's gone. Yes! Uh, it is. Uh, there's... there's phantom syrup knuckle there is it sticks around <laughs> in my heart and in my soul phantom syrup knuckle is not as good as uh, attack of the waffles it is it is torn at me over the course of my existence and you know what maybe there is some i i doubt if there's anything to that theory truge but maybe there is because i also was a not because i was a twin i don't have a twin um but i also was a high-risk pregnancy 
because I was, I, I didn't, I wasn't, well, how do we put this? My mom did not give birth uh, until it was like multiple days after her water had broke. Uh, she, she was very, my mom was very young when she had me and didn't realize that that's what was happening. So I was literally like, uh, she was about to deliver me before she ever realized that it was time for that to happen. And I was, I ended up being born in an ambulance. And so I was told that I should not have survived at all because wow. oh my God. germs should have killed me, um, because of how long from the time that my mom's water broke to the time that I was born, like I should have, you know, died from bacteria or whatever it was, but I didn't. And I'm here. So maybe that's why I hate wa- uh, syrup knuckle. <laughs> Holy moly. Oh my God. Everyone with high risk, Greg, high risk pregnancy has tweeted us and let us know if you also have <laughs> phantom syrup knuckle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, my, my pregnancy was high risk because, uh, since I, you know, I'm a, I'm an identical twin and Ashley and I, uh, were a rare kind of twin called monoamniotic, monozygotic, which is like where we shared an amnion in the womb. So like we had a like 50% chance of strangling each other with our umbilical cords. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, that was. That was a fun one. My mom was on bed rest for like a month. Monozygotic, that means that you are lo- that you look alike, right? Like that's what makes you identical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're incredibly identical. Yeah. And then the other one is that you were in the same amniotic sac. Yes. Okay, we gotcha. We were like, gotcha, gotcha. yeah, we were, we were V up close and V personal for like <laughs> very many months of our first existence. My mom told me the story of when she was almost bitten by a brown recluse spider when uh, she was pregnant with me. And when she told me that, I thought, oh, my God, you could have died right immediately. And I was a little kid when she told me this, but immediately I gave her a hug. I was like, I really appreciate that you're still alive, mommy. And I feel the exact same way about both of you now. Uh, Allison, I didn't know that, like, there was such a high risk of uh, you strangling Ashley or vice versa. I talk about it literally all the time, so you just don't listen to me. Oh, no. And Micah, oh, my God, you're you're just the (laughs) sweetest human. I'm so glad you survive that scary ambulance ride and i want to give you a hug but you're Aww. really far away i can give allison a hug after the show but i can't give you a hug internet hug internet hug i mean you're in the same state as my twin now so you guys can high five if you want we'll have to do that we'll have to make yeah, that happen for sure so so next question so we can stop talking about syrup <laughs> about knuckle. birth uh, yeah next question about birth so brian you and i do not at all in the slightest like the nasty substance that is known as mayonnaise. And so, Truj, I want you to <laughs> defend your position. Defend your position. What is it about that bland, disgusting <laughs> sauce that you enjoy? I think it's honestly, Micah, because um, a very long time ago, um, I had a procedure done that made it so that all of my blood was mayonnaise. <laughs> You were so close to deadpanning that. I was. I couldn't do it. Um, you know, sometimes I just like take mayonnaise and just no. slather it all no. over my body. <laughs> and it's just, my, it's, Micah, I've never been on the same side of you uh, like emphatically describing how terrible a thing is. And it's kind of nice over on this side. <laughs> Look, I could, I could be convincing. Except my partner loves mayonnaise. Shane loves mayonnaise. And I can't convince him that it's the worst thing. And that no one should have it. Have you ever not kissed because of it? No, no, I wouldn't do that. I'm not a horrible person, Brian. <laughs> Micah's a good partner, Brian. 
God. Uh, so real, real talk though. I genuinely want, I will never, never be able to appreciate mayo because I have had it. You know, it's not one of those things where I just look at it and say, I can't eat that. Um, I have had it and I just, I don't like it. So I just want to understand what it is about mayonnaise that you enjoy. Because to me, when I taste mayonnaise, it tastes more like the texture that it is than it actually tastes like any flavor, if that makes sense. It just kind of like, Agreed. it tastes like a glob in my mouth. It doesn't taste like anything other than just, there's a glob in my mouth right now. And that's like 90% of what I eat is globs. Globs. <laughs> 90% of what I eat is globular. Micah, where do you stand on aioli? Aioli is just mayonnaise. It's like no, fancy Micah! mayonnaise. Aioli is so beautiful. It's the it's Micah, I have I have a confession to make. You like aioli? I really like aioli. <sighs> okay. I hate mayonnaise. <laughs> okay, so aioli at least has garlic and that adds some flavor to, you know, to the to the sauce. So I can appreciate it a little bit more. But the times that I've had aioli, there wasn't enough garlic to make it taste more like garlic than like glob. And I just <laughs> I I tend to be a little practical about food and if it's not providing anything for me then it's hard for me to appreciate it for the most part and i think mm-hmm. i think i've figured out why i love mayonnaise okay. I was, i've been sitting here thinking about it since you asked um so have you ever been in love micah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i have have I you ever like that. looked uh-huh. at somebody that you love and thought to yourself like there's some stuff about mouth. you that I don't love, but I love more about you than oh. I don't love. Okay. And so, yeah. like, I love you, and I would love to be buried <laughs> with a jar of mayonnaise when the time has come. <laughs> sort of like uh, an old school mummification. where No, it's a new school mummification. Oh, sorry. You're right. A new school mummification where you're buried with your favorite condiments instead of your uh, organs. Yeah, no, instead of, like, uh, those, like, funky little jars that have all my organs in them, mm-hmm. all of my organs are put into jars of mayonnaise. <laughs> and that preserves them, and I will live forever. You know it will. You're going to hell, mans. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, after this is over, you can, like, that that deserves a punch for sure. Uh, Brian will not talk to me for the rest of the night because I've talked this way about mayonnaise. Oh, but he just made a Hellman joke. That deserves a punch. That That's a terrible <laughs> pun, Brian. For me, the difference between aioli and mayonnaise is that there's way less fat in aioli and there's way more flavor in aioli. So you're right, Micah. Like, mayonnaise feels way more to me about texture and, like, gloppiness than I think any... you're being really fat-phobic right now, Brian. I don't think that's true. Well, like, phobic against fats. <laughs> Oh, no, we're just mayo phobic. We're we both like mayo comes near us and it is literally it just rolls off of our body. It doesn't there's it doesn't it can't stick because honestly, you guys more mayo for me. I love that I can look in my fridge and I know that if the mayo is gone, it's because I have had a good night the night before. There you go. I know we're joking, but I know somebody who's actually terrified of yellow mustard. Like if there's yellow mustard in the room, he will leave. What? Okay, no, I'm not going to yeah. judge. I, I will. I will. Not going to judge. Let's spend the rest of the podcast talking about this. <laughs> I have so many questions. I do have. I have questions as well. But uh, <laughs> Micah has more on topic questions. Yes. If this person was on the podcast, then uh, certainly. Now, yes, we'll, we'll walk away with this saying the following. I appreciate your appreciation for mayonnaise. And I do feel like I've come away 
maybe <laughs> understanding a little bit more of why you like it, but not really. And um, I have to say, Micah, that like now I know why we can never truly be friends. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, it's heart. okay. <laughs> I forgive you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so Brian, whole milk, really? What do you, what what do you have against whole milk? If you're gonna do milk, might as well go whole hog or whole milk, I guess, into milk. What is it about whole milk? Because in the same way, you know, let me. I'll explain what I think is is wrong about whole milk, and then you can explain what I what you think is right about whole milk. Uh, again, you know that I have a perpetual side eye for milk in general, and so whole milk is like. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's 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 the final boss of of milk it is the the top of the the pyramid it is the final platform it is the worst enemy to those who uh, don't care about milk that much because it is so thick it is so sweet it is so of all the milks it is the milkiest other than like and I'm talking like what you can buy at the store because you know there's non-pasteurized milk that you can get like straight from the cow but I'm talking about you know you go to the store and what is the milkiest milk it is whole milk and it is terrible because of how milk it is and there's a difference between like adding some lubricant to your cereal mm -hmm. and weighing it down with the thing that is almost heavy whipping cream and it's just there's it just weighs on the stomach it is a lot so you like whole milk Go. hi we're adding some lubricant we're from des moines iowa <laughs> <laughs> You're, the more you make that joke, the more I gotta bleep out. Please. <laughs> Profanity. Everything you said, Micah, was right. And it's the milkiest milk, and that's exactly what I love about it. I mean, for me, having the sweetest, thickest milk means having the creamiest, nicest milk. And yeah, there's a, like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. We just fundamentally disagree about the function of milk in our lives, because you're side-eyeing your ancestors, and I'm here like, oh, glug, 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 glug. This is tasty. And like, where do you stand on whipped cream, Micah? First of all, I prefer the sweetest, thickest love to the sweetest, thickest milk. <laughs> Same forever. Oh, my God. Um, so to answer your oh question. You just broke uh, Brian. He's, he's <laughs> um, I forgot what the – oh, yeah, whipped cream. Yeah, where do you stand on whipped cream? Well, let's be clear. If it's cool whip, then I don't <laughs> want anything to do with it because that is fake and fakeness – uh, is terrible. Uh, but I actually, I do like real whipped cream, but only on very rare occasions, typically holidays where there is pie to be had and pumpkin pie is made all the more wonderful with a little dollop of whipped cream, real whipped cream, not a cool whip. I will say in line with the holidays, I cannot stand eggnog and I think it's I think it's ungodly. Oh my god, I think my heart just broke in half. I'm in pain. See, Micah, here these are two very, very, very milky things. How can you love whole milk and like egg yolk? Or egg egg yolk. Exactly. What? Eggnog. Well, egg eggnog. Yeah, these are the cream, creamier and milkier than whole milk. What's the difference to you? It goes back to function. The you know whole milk and its lesser milk siblings are meant for you know what we've decided they're meant to be used for. They go into uh, beverages. They're poured over cereal. They're this, that, and the other. Eggnog to me is a treat. That again, I it's like it's. I can have pie or I can have eggnog and I will choose a glass of eggnog. And it is a, a delicious, 
again, treat that now that I'm old enough is often mixed with alcohol. So it makes even more of a delicious treat. But it's also mixed with all of the bad alcohol, like whiskey and rum. But that, it tastes so good. I, I found out today, Truge doesn't like whiskey. <laughs> I've had too many bad experiences with whiskey because I'm a poet. Ooh. Whiskey's my favorite. Thank you, Micah. I had this friend in college who, like, we would just, like, like he had just gone through a breakup, and I was also, like, perpetually going through a breakup. And so we were, like, really close poet friends, and we would just spend entire nights where we would drink old granddad and cry. And oh then we'd wake up in the next morning, like, he'd wake up on my floor, and we'd look at each other and be like, never again. And we did this every night for, like, three months. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so glad you survived that process. And old granddad had some things to tell us, you know, like, it's not the most straightforward of the alcohols. <laughs> it is. It is old granddad. <laughs> old granddad has some war stories. Where do you stand on uh, old fashions, Micah? Eh, I just want my, I, just, I, don't, I don't really like old fashions. Oh. If I'm going to have, if I'm going to have uh, bourbon or whiskey or any sort of, uh, drink in that area i just want it straight or with some ice and that's that's it i i don't need to mix my my bourbons and my whiskeys and my scotches with anything else i just want to have them nice plain and straight i have a lot of respect for that i'm on the starting platform for whiskey right now where i really it's not that i don't like straight whiskey but i haven't had the right whiskeys or bourbons or rise or anything and i haven't had them in like the right amounts to appreciate them because to me they're still bernie bernie uh whereas tequila is like bernie bernie with a little bit of tasty tasty zing to it whereas whiskey is just bernie bernie uh but for me old fashions bring out the flavors that i feel like other people like in whiskey that Mm -hmm. i haven't gotten yet if that makes sense yeah well and that's it's it's the exact opposite for me because i like my parents like especially my dad loves really good whiskey like i when i turned 21 like we would drink like makers like we drink makers mark together we drink like all of these like really really good whiskeys and i just have developed a feeling of hatred for them like all cis men Damn. Because also, the other thing about this is that whiskey is the epitome of patriarchal drink standards. Goddamn right it is. Yeah, uh, that's and that's totally fair. Uh, it took me a long time to be able to get into it, Brian. Um it i did i couldn't even i couldn't even start with like mixed drinks though um and it was just that i hadn't had the right kind yet and then after that i suddenly had this awakening but that was the same thing with wine too it took mm-hmm. me a while to be able to appreciate wine and then i had the right ones and stepped up through the process and i was like oh i get why people like that so yeah i think i think we've answered the whole milk debate and now it's time to talk <laughs> about i think i know what question this is Micah, and i think this is the most important question of this entire podcast Really? I mean, maybe, proceed, proceed. Maybe I'm wrong. I was just going to ask both of you to explain what the hell avocado toast is. Oh, this is not the question I was expecting. You've never had avocado toast? I've never had avocado toast. Sorry, avocado toast. Let's walk you through the process. Uh, Say the word avocado toast. Avocado toast. Thank you. Now, break down what parts of the word there are by syllable. Of, oh, ka, toast. Good, good. No, that very, very good. Brian, now, why are you being weird? It's literally just toast with avocados on it, Micah. Are you serious? That's all it is. 
Yeah, it's just, it's toast with avocados on top of it. Sometimes it's like you get fancier, like I put a little bit of mayo, I put some like other stuff, but yeah, it's just- Oh my god, I thought it was like some sort of special bread mixed with avocado that made like a green bread that was moist and more like lemon loaf or something, but made with avocados. No, no, it's just, it's avocado on top of toast. Oh my god, wait, did my dumb pun portmanteau make you think it was a separate dish? Uh, n- not your dumb pun, like, ever, s- that, that, well, wait, your pun, no, no, it wasn't your pun. Um, <laughs> anytime someone <laughs> said avocado toast or avocado toast to me, whether it be the portmanteau or the separate words altogether, I was just literally picturing this whole separate entity that was like this expensive, uh, loaf that you could buy that was, you know, bread but made with avocado at some point. And then you took that and you huh. put it in a toaster and you made it crispy and then you put butter on it or mayo if you're a monster and you <laughs> eat it. I didn't realize that it was literally just a piece of toast with avocado on it. So why is that the epitome of of millennials not buying houses? What what is I don't get that. I'm I'm referring to an Instagram trend that like has been pioneered by like influencers and in, in the beauty community particularly is mm-hmm. like it's their thing like when they post pictures of their breakfast in the morning, it's either like some sort of like acai bowl or like avocado toast, which is like yeah, it, it's like a thing. It's like Lots of millennials post, like, pictures of their avocado toast, and they're like, look at how minimal and not buying a house I am. Look at how I'm wrecking the economy. <laughs> look, yeah, look at how I'm ruining everything by, no, you're not ruining anything by having some toast with avocado on it. So, I, I guess, I st- is it because avocado is kind of expensive? No, I think it's because it's just a photogenic – it's it's very easy to make it like a photogenic sort of food because, like, depending on how you cut the avocado, some people get crazy with it. Like, I'll put some, like, links in the show notes. Um, Like, people will, like, like flay their avocados into, like, these really impossible-looking, like, art pieces. Like, people get super artistic with it. So, I, I don't know if you heard about – the the other day where the millionaire told people that the reason why they couldn't I'm sure you have that the reason why they couldn't buy homes is because instead of uh, saving money to buy homes, they were making avocado toast. Wait, is that uh, actually? Real? Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this millionaire was like, these are all the different reasons why millennials can't buy homes. And basically, it was like, you don't deserve to have any, you know, treats or anything like that. You can't, you know, don't it's again, it's the thing where uh, you could afford health insurance if you didn't buy an iPhone type BS. If you didn't eat avocado toast, avocados toast is my health care. And so that's why I now I like I further don't understand how is avocado toast, you know, the, it's not buying a doggone uh, I don't know, truffle butter souffle. It's, you know, with gold flakes. This is just toast and a vegetable. So why yeah. is that the epitome of spending too much money? I guess I don't Yeah, understand. I don't understand that at all. I guess one could say, depending on where you live in the country, like avocados might be pretty expensive. Like I know in Boston, they're actually pretty expensive to buy avocados. It's like two fifty dollars an avocado. Um, but like also, yeah, that's, ooh. I think it's because of, like, the prevalence of having them on social media. It probably could have been, like, Ah, a placeholder for anything else on social media that people do often. But yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. The olds look at millennials and say, like, ah, ah, look at that. That's a status symbol that we don't understand. Ah, while they're there sitting in their houses eating actual truffle butter. And it's infuriating that... 
people like to pick on little things like that, like the iPhones or the uh, or avocado toast. Yeah, thing. he literally could have said like millennials could buy homes if they weren't so busy taking selfies. I'm sure that that's kind of like the analog. okay. That's the the okay. I now I get it. Now avocado toast makes sense to me, as does avocado toast. And now we're moving on to uh, the most. This is the most recent question, at least in my head. I feel like there was one that I was not able to find as because I wasn't able to listen through the whole back catalog in time. But I'm sure that there have been a few that have cropped up over time that I had. But this one was was very recent. And I really feel like Truch didn't uh, quite uh, hit on this topic after it was brought up on the show enough. And I just need to understand why, Brian, did you take butter sandwiches for lunch to school? This is, I think, the most important question. This, this is what is, I thought yes. you were going to ask earlier. I want to, so I want to clarify before Brian has a chance, a chance to clarify. He didn't bring toast. He brought butter sandwiches. How did you get the butter onto the sandwich if it wasn't toast? It's time. It's your time to shine, Brian. Like you take it, babe. Like go for it. So many questions. This is the most important question. Miq right here. Yeah. Brian's very quiet. Hey, Brian. Hey. Hey, hey Brian. Brian, have hey, you babe. ever been in love? <laughs> <laughs> Brian! There was a time when men were kind, and the world was a song, <laughs> and the song was exciting. <laughs> I dreamed a dream in time gone by. Brian! <laughs> This is gonna make me sad. Brian. Hope was high and life worth living. Babe. I dreamed that love would never die. I'm so upset. I will leave this podcast right now. Okay, Brian. Brian. <laughs> tell us about your butter toast. Uh, I, I, we're back to Brian was a terrible kid corner. Uh, I really didn't like food when I was a kid. I didn't like vegetables. I didn't like fruits. Well, I liked fruits well enough because they were sweet, but they burned my tongue. Brian is actually allergic to fruit and vegetables. Yeah, no, no one believed me until I was like 17 because people didn't think fruit allergies were a thing. And they just told me to shut up and eat my uh, fruits and veggies. But boom, there you have it. I was just allergic to most things. I didn't like lunch meat because I thought it was too weird and salty. What does a boy named Boom have to do with this? Yeah, so why why did you bring buttered sandwiches to school? <laughs> I, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. So I, I, I didn't like... I didn't like uh, lunch meat because I thought they were weird and salty and cold. Ugh. I didn't like um, fruits and veggies because they made my mouth burn. I-, I just didn't like much food at all. And when it came to nourishing little baby Brian, who wouldn't jam anything down his gob, uh, it came to just carbs and uh, dairy. So butter sandwiches it was. I thought they were tasty. I thought they were very mild. I thought they were inoffensive when cold because that that's my biggest problem with leftovers now is that they, uh, they're not good cold and they're impossible to reheat. And especially in like a little kindergarten cafeteria there's no microwave for the kids to use so everything's gotta be cold and most other kids are fine with like i want to clarify that even today when brian and i cook together and there are leftovers and he's like hey i'm hungry i'll be like oh go heat up the leftovers he'll look at me and be like how do i do that i want to clarify that for everyone listening to this podcast Hmm. Uh oh the song's gonna start again how do you microwave leftovers they don't get hot enough what do you do? You put it in there and you and you put yeah, you heat it up. 
you just heat you just heat it up you know you just gotta you just gotta stick it in the in the microwave you know and uh you know you just sit there and you just tap your little foot you know and you just uh you think about a the good day you had and then you just wait for it to be done you know and then uh you, you pull it out and you eat it my whole heart just burst from my body oh norm your mallard got on the two cent <laughs> so okay you 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 we're a picky kid, so that's why you brought butter sandwiches to school. Uh, was there any, like, friction in the household because of this? Was it, like, your parents going, you know, they're trying to sneak it nourishing ingredients into your butter sandwiches, and you would just pick them out and throw them away? Did Was it, like, you know, every morning someone trying to convince you that you should not just take a butter sandwich? Or was it just to the point where it's like, we can't even try to put up with this. So Brian's getting his butter sandwich again. I also want to know the progression of this. Did it start out with the butter sandwiches? Or did your mom try to do peanut butter sandwiches? And then it just like devolved? Okay. uh, First of all, no, I think it did start out with butter sandwiches. I really don't know if I ever tried peanut butter sandwiches for a while. Um, Maybe I was just so repulsed by the texture or the smell or something, even though now I know that peanut butter is delicious and I blend it with most of my Soylent. But at at that point, I don't think I ever wanted to try anything that I wasn't like 110% sure about. Um, And that included not eating anything other than butter sandwiches. As for how long uh, it took to get to that point, I think it happened right out of the get-go, right out of the gate. Uh, I think it continued for a while. I really, see, until I could buy lunches for like $2 at the school cafeteria, I really don't think that uh, I really changed up my thing because I really liked hot foods. And uh, if I could get pizza for $2 and have it be hot and like relatively fresh, as fresh as school cafeteria food can be, uh, then that's what I would have preferred. And as for what it was like in my household, I don't know. I was I was a crappy kid. I've heard some stories uh, from my parents about them being like, "Oh, this is uh, like this is a thing we have to deal with with little Brian, uh, throwing temper tantrums constantly about different things, and like not having much to do with like." like normal everyday things they just kind of happen or if they do happen they're related to everyday things they're ridiculously small and dumb and simple my parents were freaking saints and they made this thing happen uh so i don't know if that created any strife in my family if they ever like tried to do or if it just they just became resigned to saying oh well here's butter sandwich like i I was a healthy little kid like i didn't die of any sort of diseases and i had the nourishment i needed i was not an abused like little kid i was fine um but yeah it was uh i i don't know i really don't know what it was like for my family at that time nor do i think it really like created any strife in school i was never bullied or made fun of for my weird sandwiches but uh who knows i'm I'm here now. I'm alive. You and are. sometimes I still eat butter toast. And we're done with the Brian was a crappy corner now. Oh, okay. Well, let's let's be 100% clear here. All kids had weird things. And there's nothing we can do about how we were when we were kids. I had panic attacks all the time as a little kid. And was probably I couldn't have like fresh mashed potatoes. My mom would make homemade mashed potatoes like using like her hands and her arms. And I wouldn't eat it because there were lumps in it. yeah see we all had our we all had our things um but i at least understand a little bit more about the whys behind butter sandwiches um although i still am picturing uh the absolute nightmare of taking like cold butter and rubbing it on bread that is not warm enough to melt the butter and how it just turns into this like this uh, it looks like what a dung beetle makes except made of <laughs> bread and butter 
and it's just like this circular glob of glob. Yeah, I would love to know the mechanics of that as well. You wouldn't remember that, do you, Brian? Did you melt the butter beforehand? Or did mom melt the butter beforehand? Okay, first of all, you two better stop crapping on the deliciousness that is cold butter, okay? I really <laughs> love cold butter that is still holding its structure and its texture even after, like, even as you're eating it. Melted butter, yeah, that's great. But you've seen me do this a lot, Truge. When I eat a corn muffin, I will slather on a lot of butter and make sure, like, I'll eat it fast enough so that the butter still holds its form. Well, that's that's not weird to me because the corn muffin is warm, so it melts the butter. So you don't have that, like, sensation of, like, taking cold butter and cold bread. And that, like, I know exactly what Mike is talking about. It, like, pills up the bread. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that that's not what you took to lunch because I don't think you would have stood for that. No, that's why I took to lunch. Really? Yeah, that's why I took to lunch. So, okay, see, this is what I would have done. I would have made, like, I would have taken, like, a little glass dish and put the butter in it and then put it in the microwave and then it would have melted and then I could have poured that over the bread and then it would have been fine versus, like, yeah, trying to spread cold butter onto I guess that's what we're asking, Brian. Was the butter, like, warmed up beforehand? Nope. It was uh, take your country crock out of your refrigerator. (gasps) Oh, country crock. Country crock. Okay, this all makes sense now. Country wait, crock is wait, way what? more spreadable. Country crock is way more spreadable than like a stick of butter that you get in the, the dairy aisle um, next to the milk. Yeah, you can totally spread country crock. You can crock. spread country crock. Okay. That makes so much more sense to me now. What, was the issue here spreadability? Because I think yes. the issue here yes. was like, wait, really? That's what's weirded to you? That's what we were asking was how did you, how was your, you know, your family able to spread the butter onto the bread if the bread was bread and not toast? Because if you have traditional stick butter, then the only way to get that, uh, spread it onto bread is if the bread is warm or if you have left out the, the, the butter long enough to, to get softer or if you put the butter in the microwave. Because otherwise, if it's hard as a rock butter, then it's too hard. And when you try to spread it, it ends up just like pulling the top of the bread off as you're trying to spread it with the knife but country crock is mixed with an oil which makes it more spreadable so that right. makes sense now i was gonna say like i never asked because i didn't want to know the answer because if i if i thought about little brian like having like pilled bread that was like all bunched together with cold bre- with cold butter on top i i don't know what i would do i don't know what i would do my heart would also break in that instance as well. I would have some syrup knuckles about it. You, there would be some syrup knuckles. <laughs> but now I understand. Country crock. Okay. I Yes. <sighs> okay. Yes. So which came first, the chicken or the egg? Truge, you are first. Go. Um, the pretzel croissant breakfast sandwich. Which came from that, the chicken or the egg? Do you have any evidence to back that up? I have millions of years of science behind me. And also, what came before the pretzel croissant sandwich was another pretzel croissant sandwich that fell in love with another pretzel croissant sandwich. And they got together, and they had some some sandwich babies together. And that is how they're made. That is so beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. And you know what? Sandwiches don't have gender. I think Pablo Neruda wrote about that once. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, 
You see, when I was, like, a child, I was always, I always picked the chicken, and, like, the first time someone, I, 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 like, remember asking my parents, like, why is this something that, like, everyone talks about? It's clearly the chicken came first. And then my mom was like, okay, yeah, but where did the chicken come from? And I was like, God? And then she said... Yes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that was always what I thought. I, I don't I I don't know which came first personally, um, because this just ends up being a uh, an endless cycle. But Brian, what do you think? Chicken or egg? Hmm. I thought he was I imagine that. <laughs> no, no, no. Lame is done. Uh, I imagine that the chicken was kind of formed out of some sort of, I don't know how to describe it, some kind of like extraterrestrial pod or something, which may be considered an egg. And I think that's what this debate is actually about, is whether or not the extraterrestrial pod that chickens came from was indeed an egg or not. Because as we all know, in uh, Revelation 17.25, there's a uh, magical extraterrestrial pod that a chicken came from, and who knows whether or not that's an egg or not, but all the same, God. That's what I learned in CCD. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever read that (laughs) in Revelation. (laughs) Maybe we have different translations. It was a revelation I just had that I wrote down. Oh, gotcha. It's Brian's revelations. I was actually going to say that, like, if we're actually talking, like, real science here, I feel like... It would have been the egg that came first just because chickens evolved from dinosaurs and dinosaurs had eggs. So, like, before there was ever a chicken, it was an egg first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the amoeba came before the chicken or the egg. True. Ooh. But that, that, wasn't, that wasn't in the question, so that's unfair. <laughs> uh, when presented with A or B, you chose C. Um, last but not least from my questions, and then I have one last quote for you that is a question that someone else sent. Uh, so my last question is the following. Uh, Joe Steele once explained to me about how he was eating overnight oats, and he explained it to me on Unhelpful Suggestions. And his overnight oats had chia seeds in them, which yeah, meant that there was- Yeah, I put chia seeds in mine. Oh, no! <laughs> So explain to me how you can eat that, because when I see chia seeds that have been made wet, then it is this mucilaginous creature trying to crawl down my throat. I have two things to say to this. Okay. One, if if you if you remember my the episode we talked about this accurately, um, I did say that it didn't eat it because it was like screaming at me. Yeah. I cry louder than the overnight oats, thinking about overnight oats. Second question. Have you ever been in love, Micah? (laughs) Oh, no. Don't tell me you're in love with chia seeds. (laughs) No, chia seeds are just all right. I like how they get kind of gooey. No, that's what's so bad about them. (laughs) I don't know. They're just like little protein-packed little, like, little flecks of goo. (sighs) They're like boogers. They're like snot. You know what, Micah? Like, you know, I... I don't, I don't know what to say. Because <laughs> it's so true. I got nothing for you. I don't like overnight oats. I don't like chia. I'm I'm an innocent bystander here. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't get. I don't get chia. I I have actually. Okay, I'll be to be fair. I've had these delicious uh, like seed bars that have chia in them, and they were good because the chia does not get gooey enough in the mouth to where it becomes that snot creature however 
inevitably, some will be left behind in my mouth, and later on, I will find this terrifying, <laughs> oh my- terrible creature <laughs> in my mouth. Like, ugh, it's so bad. Um, so then I realized, and that's what love is. That's what love is. It's true. It's true. Actually, love oh. is going to the restroom after eating a chia seed and rinsing your mouth out with Listerine to make sure that there aren't any more left in your mouth. And the act of spitting out those stuck behind chia seeds, that, my friends, that's what love is. And maybe love stays. Maybe love can't. Maybe love shouldn't. Oh, that's really sweet. I can send you the link for the show notes. It's a poem about love that's like super overplayed, but it's like they're they're sweet people and they're good poets. I will have to check that out then in the show notes. Oh, okay. Micah, you're going to love it. You're going to love that I'll probably poem. cry. You probably oh, I, will. I cry at good, at good stuff. What were you saying, Brian? Before we go to your last question quote thing, I have a question for you. Hmm? Okay. Okay. What's your favorite breakfast to eat in the shower? And I can't believe it took <laughs> us an hour to get to this point. <laughs> Yes, yes context for listeners that don't know micah <laughs> micah <laughs> that is the context say it say it i dare you to say it with a straight face micah is known on twitter for talking for talking about how he eats food in the shower and has talking a diagram shamedly about <laughs> and micah has a diagram that's very helpful and very enlightening but is also very disturbing <laughs> okay I, yes, I have been known to consume sustenance while in the shower. It exists. It, it is a, an act unto itself. It is not, um, cause for the most part, I see food as a means to an end. And I've said this plenty of times. I re, it's very rare for me to ever get joy out of food. And a bottle of Soylent matters the same to me as a bowl of spaghetti at a five star restaurant. And most food like doesn't, you know, raise the, the happiness levels in my brain or anything like that. I just, I don't, I don't in most cases, I like, there have been rare occasions. Um, I l- actually literally cried while eating a piece of German chocolate cake, gluten-free German chocolate cake. That was the best, uh, best thing. I swear to God, the best thing I've ever just it period have ever tasted in my life. I, so I, I, I started tearing up because it was so good. Um, but for the most part, I am just a, a cold, dead Vulcan on the inside when it comes to food, and none of it matters. And so it's not like I'm eating in the shower because I, you know, I'm in a hurry or something like that. Um, Georgia says she thinks it's because I like I enjoy the act of eating in the shower. It there's something I like. The shower is the place where I go to think as well. Or I, I I shouldn't say I go there to think. It's not like when I need to think I go to the shower. But I think really well in the shower. And I just – the shower is an overall very, very, very pleasing place for me to be. So why not eat while I'm there? Like why not just live my life while I'm also showering? And anyway, so that's the explanation for why I – sometimes eat in the shower, including foods that you wouldn't think like plates of spaghetti and pieces of pizza. And also, I will say that that Micah's diagram makes it like because you've you've discovered a method that makes yes. it like able for you to eat without getting your food waterlogged. Yes, everybody's always like, but wouldn't the pizza get wet? No, not if you do it right. Um, maybe I, I'll, I'll try to remember to send the link to you, Brian, so you can link it up at the show notes if you want to. Um, but yeah, I guess if I were going to eat a breakfast in the shower, an easy answer would be a smoothie um, because... Oh, my God. I was waiting for you to say pretzel croissant sandwich. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Micah! 
That's what I should have said. You're right. I'm sorry. Maybe I've never been in love. Clearly. <laughs> Tell Shane. Oh, God, I can't say that. Um <laughs> So a smoothie, because there is something about having fruit in the shower, um, the little, little bits of, of fruit that, uh, you know, like whenever you have, it's like essence of the fruit, whenever you squeeze a lemon or you uh, cut a lime or something like that, you can smell it. Well, the humidity in the air, the tiny little air droplets and the essence actually fuse whenever you are, you know, like whenever there's steam around. And so they spread more. And it actually can help to accentuate the scent. And so having a smoothie would potentially mean that you'd be surrounded by the experience of the aromas of whatever smoothie you happen to be consuming. So I think that it would make your smoothie experience even better. Micah, the last thing I want in my life is pizza mist. (laughs) Is it though, Brian? Or is the first thing you want in your life pizza mist? No, I don't want pizza mist. Brian, have you ever been in love? Yes, with Allison Truge. Because there's nothing quite as, <laughs> as, as, oh, there's nothing that quite yanks at my heartstrings and, and, and makes me feel alive and makes me feel loved and makes me feel like I matter to someone in this world than when I'm in the shower surrounded by pizza mist. That was beautiful. <laughs> Micah, you're allowed to be dead inside about food because you're so full of love and life about so many other things. It's okay to not have love in every aspect of your life. Thank you. I I really appreciate that. Okay, I'm going to round these questions out. Uh, I asked Joe Rosensteel if he had any questions for the hosts of MIM Podcast. (laughs) And Brian, get the bleep ready. Uh, I quote, I can't think of any other questions for you to ask them that aren't just, what the fuck? Which doesn't seem like it would go anywhere. (laughs) Joe! So I said, I'm going to quote you on that, and I have done so. (laughs) Joe, you... This has been a delight. (laughs) Yeah, Micah, you're the best. This was fun. Micah, thank you so much for being here. It means so much to me that you you took the time to hang out on our Silly Breakfast podcast. Um, You're awesome. Uh, Everybody listening, go to chihuahua.coffee and find all the Micah you can handle because there's a lot of them and you'll want more, believe me. (laughs) And I would say say of all of the Micahs I've ever known, this is the most important Micah of them all. Oh, Mim, my heart. Mim! Thank you. Thank you both for inviting me to join you all and uh, ask you the questions that we've all been wanting to know. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we've all been in love and, and can appreciate a good pretzel croissant sandwich. Sometimes you're in love with a person. Sometimes you're in love with a sandwich. And that's okay. Yeah. And sometimes your soul is broken by syrup knuckle. It's just <laughs> life. <laughs> We've got to do some follow-up copyright 2011 John Syracuse about Syrup Knuckle, because I know nothing about this. What the heck? <laughs> you know what? Whenever you... Uh, okay, so, so Truj, this is what you're going to do. You're going to get a bottle of like the 100%... It's expensive, but it'll be worth it. That 100% pure, uh, what is like grade A amber maple syrup from the... I mean, we live in market. New England, so anything is possible on that front. Perfect. And then... While Brian is asleep, you will completely coat both of his hands 
in this syrup. And by the time he rises in the morning, it will be to syrup knuckle stage. And he'll finally understand the pain that is the syrup knuckle. That's See, this is the interesting thing about Brian is that Brian, like, literally will not put lotion on his hands. I don't understand how a person who hates the sensation of having lotion on their hands can't understand the hell of having something sticky and horrible on their hands. Between your fingers and, like, little crumbs get in there and then, like, you're moving your hands and then they rub up against and it's just like, ugh, everything is so wrong about it. It's so wrong. I have the most, like, yuck vibes radiating off of me. Where does it go? You put the lotion on your hand, and the lotion just doesn't go anywhere after you put it on your hand. Where does it go? What happens? It goes into your skin. I'm so confused. It goes into your pores. Your what? It goes into your skin, Brian. That's what it's for. I will say, I will say this. I don't understand why we have to live in these flesh prisons, but they exist. We live inside of them. Every moment is hell on earth. 